Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. The letters of the Bible. We're doing the... Um, Letter to the Romans by Paul. And we're in the middle of chapter 15. We use a King James Version Bible. We also ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus to be with us during this study. Romans chapter 15, we're going to pick it up in verse 7. And Paul is letting us know about how we're supposed to be with each other. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. So, you see... It's all about giving God glory. Guess what? Jesus always gave God glory, meaning that the things that Jesus did always reflected well on the Father because the Father had sent him. So we, when we're doing our works for the kingdom, does it reflect well on the Father? What we do in this world does it reflect well on the Father? So we're supposed to, um, you know, treat each other good and in love. And when we do that, it reflects well on the Father. And then he goes on, he says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. So, Paul is letting us know that Jesus, yes, was sent to Israel. He was sent to, in his day, it was Judah, because the ten tribes had already been scattered. But Judah and Levi and Benjamin was still around. And so, yes, Jesus was sent to them because they were the um, chosen people. You understand? The chosen people, they were the chosen nation. To confirm the promise made unto the fathers. So yes, God had made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And guess what? Jesus came to talk to them to to fulfill that promise, to give them a chance, you see. They had the first chance to decide, you understand. And guess what? Some of them did. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah. That's who he was sent to, to them. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, 
as it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. So you see, the Gentiles, that's the Romans Paul's talking to. Jesus was first sent to the circumcision, which means the Jews. But Jesus told his disciples when he saw them, and when he after he rose from the dead and he came back and he was with them for 40 days, and he told them, let's see, and I'm looking it up right now, I believe it was in Luke, it could have been in John, and... Okay. So that he was telling them, listen, yes, I came to um I came to the Jews first because that was my job, but you are to go into the world. Yes. It's in Matthew. This is Jesus' instructions to them. Matthew chapter 28. So guess what? Romans, yes, you're included. Giving God glory that he didn't just give the Jews the access to it, but the Gentiles also. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, not just the Jews, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So what was the um, apostles' instructions from Jesus to go to the world. So you see, they weren't just supposed to go to the Jews. And that's what Paul is talking about over here in Romans chapter 15. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy because he didn't have to allow them into the kingdom of heaven. It's God's choice who he was going to allow into the kingdom of heaven. And so the Gentiles praise the name of God because they weren't a part of his chosen people. But guess what? He grafted them in, which Paul had told us before in Romans. And again he saith, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. So you see, it isn't just the Jews. It's amazing to me that you see this, and also that Peter was told by God to go to the Gentiles, that they were accepted, acceptable to God, and that Jesus instructed them to go to the Gentiles, yet they wouldn't do it. And they, they didn't bother with the Gentiles. Even after the time where they, remember the time with the sheep, with the unclean food and stuff, and Peter was up on the roof praying, and three times the sheep, 
sheet came down full of unclean foods, and he was told to eat. And, of course, he never ate that food, by the way, because it's bad for you. But the point was, as he explains in the book of Acts, that God was letting him know the Gentiles are no longer unclean in God's eyes. And, yes, feed the Gentiles. You can be with the Gentiles. And they're not separate now from us. But it didn't work too well. So guess what? Paul was brought in. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him and all ye people. So Paul is reminding the Gentiles that, yes, God has accepted them into the kingdom. They are allowed in. They are not kept out. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. And of course, we know that that's Jesus. Absolutely. And the Gentiles do trust in the Messiah of God. So Paul was making sure that his fellow Roman Um, Christians, believers, followers of Jesus Christ, understood that, yes, the Bible talks about Gentiles being accepted by God into the kingdom besides just Israel. And he's showing showing them that by the different places in the Bible that talks about it. And so now in 13, he continues and he says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So guess what? You've got joy and you've got hope because you were allowed in. You were grafted in. And that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. That's right. Understand that you are a part of the kingdom of heaven. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. So Paul is going to change the subject a little bit here. (laughs) So he first off let them know, yes, you're accepted in the kingdom of heaven, but hey, we've got work to do as being a part of the kingdom of heaven. And that um, you have to understand that part of being a believer is to admonish another believer when they're doing something wrong. Know what the Bible says. Know what Jesus taught us to do. Know what we're supposed to do. That's what he's saying. Have the knowledge. And then admonish them when they're not doing right. So this. Let everybody live and do the thing. We're under grace. Everything's okay. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all that nonsense. No, that's not what Paul taught. No, he didn't. And so, it continues and it says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written them more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. The grace given to Paul by God, to be able to talk to the Gentiles, to do the work of the kingdom. That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about that when God has us do works, like I'm doing right now, 
talking to you, teaching you about the letters of the Bible, this is the Holy Spirit speaking through me. And that it's by the grace of God that I'm doing it. It's unmerited favor. I don't deserve it. I'm a regular human. I'm just like everybody else, okay? And so it's only by the grace of God that I'm allowed to continue to do the works of the kingdom. In my case, talk to you. In Paul's case, it was going to the Gentiles and, and writing a letter to the Romans. And he continues in 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. So that was his job, to be the minister of Jesus Christ, to let the Gentiles know about Jesus. Ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So you've got to understand, and this is a clue here, you know, people ask me about Ezekiel and the Millennial Temple. And they say, look, they're talking about sacrificing again animals in the Millennial Temple and all of that stuff. No, it's not talking about flesh sacrificing of animals. It's talking about what Paul is showing us right here that might be that, let's read it again, the ministering of the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable. The offering up, the sacrifice. This is our sacrifice. When you're doing the works of God, that's your sacrifice. Your, um, meaning that the people that are listening to you are learning and hearing from the Holy Spirit and they also grow and learn and they do the works of the kingdom. So they become the sacrifice. It's a spiritual sacrifice, okay? And that's what Paul is, is saying. I'm offering up my works, which is my teachings of the Gentiles, and it will be acceptable because the Gentiles are a part of the kingdom of heaven and they're going to learn from it because of the Holy Spirit. It's very simple. And I have therefore aware of, I make glory through Jesus Christ and those things which pertain to God. So Paul is saying that um, I can glory in the fact, feel good about the fact that I get to do all of these things that teach people these things about Jesus Christ, about what God wants, about this stuff to the Gentiles. That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about doing the works of the kingdom and feeling good about doing the works of the kingdom. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ had not wrought by me. Okay? So Paul is saying there's certain things that were to, you know, discuss. And that is what Jesus showed us to talk about. In Paul's case, Jesus personally came and spent time with Paul after he had resurrected and gone back to the Father. He returned back to the earth and he spent time with Paul and taught Paul things that he needed to know. And it's because Paul had a special mission for the shepherd, for the kingdom of heaven. And so that's what Paul is talking about. I have things that I was shown and I'm only going to tell you what God has told me to tell you. 
that is coming from him, you see. So that's what he's talking about. To make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. So Christ, when he was on earth with his disciples, was showing them he's obedient to God. He's doing the works of God. He's doing what the Father wanted him to do. And guess what? And so the works that he did, he showed them this is what you're supposed to do. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying that Jesus showed us what to say and what to do. And so Paul is showing the people from Rome, the Romans, the Gentiles, the things that Jesus wants us to say and the things that Jesus wants us to do. And it's for the glory of God. And so, what does it say? That they're obedient to what Jesus said. It's not like these churches today. They're not obedient to what Jesus said or what Jesus did or what the apostles did or what Paul did. <laughs> they're, they've got, they're gone off in their own little tangents. <laughs> and, they're, and they're copying the, the Jews and the synagogues, which is not what we're told to copy much more than their copy and what the apostles did and what Jesus showed us to do. So Paul continues and he says, this is how they know what I'm saying and what they know what to do and they know what to, to say is through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. So how is it that we do mighty signs and wonders so those people know so the people know that we are connected to God. How? How do you do those wonders? It's through the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus did it. Jesus was 100% human. He couldn't have done all those things without the Spirit of God in him doing the works through him. You see, he wasn't a deity. He wasn't a God. You can't kill a God and and so, um, that's why the spiritual, uh, the spiritual works. Let me tell you a story, and it shows you the mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God um, that I had. There was this woman that I knew, an elderly woman who was a Catholic. And, um, and she knew that I had been Catholic. And um, long story short, she um, didn't believe, she would say to me that she didn't believe that, you know, because I had left the Catholic Church, that, that I was connected to God, that God cared less about me, you know, that God doesn't listen to me because I'm not a Catholic no more. And, um, and one day, God showed her the power of his power connected to me. And, and after she saw the miracle that God had done, she looked at me and she said, Robin, you really do know God, you see. That's what Paul's talking about. 
you see, the power. We're shown the, the power that God uses us to show people. The Holy Spirit's doing it, not us. And they know that, yes, yes, you're connected to God. So Paul continues, and he says, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about, about unto um, Illyricum, uh, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So, so Paul has gone around preaching the gospel of Christ. Okay? He's told the good news. He's told who the Messiah was. Now, there's some that think, oh, see, it says the gospel of God, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Jesus. They're all the same. There's nothing different. <laughs> some people say, well, there's one gospel for this. and one No, no. They're all the same. And the good news is that God sent Jesus to earth. He was God's Messiah in the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. That's the good news. And that he overcame death. And so Paul is saying, I have preached and shown signs and wonders about Jesus all over the place. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. So Paul is talking about that he went to other places that never heard of Jesus. And he's saying that the apostles or the disciples, you know, all the people from Jerusalem that had gone out and gone back into their own homes after Stephen was killed and preached the good news... He didn't go where people had been. He went to places that there was nobody talking about Jesus because he didn't want to, um, you know, to step on somebody's toes. You see, that's Christianity. It's very interesting, isn't it? In those days, every city was a church, you know, that believed when there was people in there, believers. The city, the whole city was a church. So Paul didn't come in and try to, you know, come in and, and start a new church connected with some of the people in that, in that um, city. And, and that is the love of the brethren. You don't go and try to make trouble with the brethren if they have already talked about Jesus Christ to other people. Don't try to, you know, uh, steal them from others. That doesn't mean that you don't correct them when they're being taught something wrong. It's not the same thing. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand. So Paul went, because that was his job, um, to go to those that had never heard of God, never heard of Jesus. They weren't connected to Israel. There was a lot of nations that were that way. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. So Paul is explaining. He wants to go to Rome and he wants to see them. But um, I've got a lot of work to do. And that's what he means by hindered. He means that there's so many people, cities, there's so many cities and towns of people that don't know about Jesus. They don't know. I've got a lot of work to do. And that's what's stopping me. I want to spread the news to as many towns and cities as I can. 
But now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, so guess what? I've been to all the towns. I've done all the work. Now I want to go and see you guys in Rome, my fellow believers. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. So he's letting them know that he's going to go to Spain. I think that's amazing. And he's going to stop by and see them on his way to Spain. I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. So he wants to go see them. He wants to see how the church is doing. He wants to see how everything is. And um, obviously we know that he made it to Rome. He sure did. Um, And uh, they even, let me see. um, There was even a... um, a place where he went, and he was under arrest, you know, on his last journey. He was even under arrest, but that they were allowed um, to come and see him while he was under arrest, uh, waiting for judgment and talking to the Roman officials and all that. Um, And I'm trying to find it here. So he actually did actually make it to Rome, to see the Roman, uh, you know, and they were brought to him. Here it is. Acts 28.30. Okay, I want us to go to Acts 28. Okay. So, this was towards the end, and um, and uh, it says, uh, Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, in verse 28, and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasonings amongst themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in the high, in his hired house and received all that came into him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. And that, of course, completes the book of Acts, you see. So Paul actually did get back to see um, Rome, his Roman uh, fellow believers uh, later on. Let's go back to um, Rome, uh, Romans uh, 15. So he wanted to see them, he would see them ultimately. Uh, verse 25, but now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. Now, this is an interesting thing. He puts this in here. I believe God has had him put this in here through the Holy Spirit to let us know that there was a problem with the apostles. There sure was. This is years later after Jesus And there was a problem with the apostles. And so what's Paul doing? He just said he's not going to walk on another man's foundation. He's not going to go in and, and, you know, cause any trouble or anything with 
with people that are already doing the works of God. That's what he was talking about. As long as they're doing the good works, the true work, then he's all set with them. That's what he's talking about. But it says, but now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. So there are saints in Jerusalem. Obviously, the apostles were there. That's where they lived. For it has pleased them of Macedonia. So this is another group of Christians. And Achaia, another group of Christians, to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Now, I find it amazingly interesting because you see, guess what? A Jerusalem was where the apostles were and there was poor saints. They didn't have, remember at the beginning of Acts, they all had the money, they gave all the money, everybody was together and they paid all the money, and, and uh, everybody was taken care of. There was nobody poor. There was all these works going on. Peter was doing all these miracles and all this stuff going on, and that was the beginning. But now the people, the believers in Jerusalem, had become not doing what they're supposed to do. So when you're doing, not doing what you're supposed to do for the kingdom of heaven, you become poor, okay? And because God gives you blessings. He takes care of you. Does that mean he makes you rich? No. What it means is that he provides for you so that you have what you need. So if Paul is going to Jerusalem to give them things like money to be able to survive, then guess what? They're not doing what they're supposed to do in Jerusalem because God isn't taking care of them. So he puts that in there. God hasn't put it in there so that we know that, yes, the apostles started out great, but something happened. And that's why we hear all about Paul, all about Paul's books, all about his letters, all about his churches, all about his works. But after the first few years, uh, you don't hear too much about the apostles and what they're doing. And... So God is letting us know sometimes, guess what, we get off the path. We don't do the works. Oh, yeah, we believe. I'm not saying they turned against Jesus, but they're not doing the works of the kingdom. Because if you don't do the works, you don't get taken care of by God. It's pretty simple. So that's why it's in here. So we understand that there was a problem with the apostles in Jerusalem. Sure was. And that's one of the reasons why Paul was brought in by Jesus, uh, because of the apostles not doing their job, especially towards the Gentiles. So, it has pleased them verily, and their debtors they are, for if the Gentiles had been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. So, guess what? Um... They want to take care of the people. That's what Paul's saying. They want to help the people that are, um, you know, Gentiles in Jerusalem. What does that tell you? Where is the apostles? They're not helping the Gentile believers in Jerusalem. See, they're, they're separating themselves. That's what they did. They, they stayed in the, with the circumcision. And so Paul has people that, um, other believers that have given 
money to Paul so that he can go to Jerusalem and help the Gentile believers that are not being helped in Jerusalem. Interesting, isn't it? When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into into Spain. So Paul is saying, uh, you know, I'm going to go from there to Spain, towards Spain, and I'll I'll go and see you when I do that after I've done this, so that I can take care of the um, carnal needs of believers. See, that's the way it is. As a believer, we're supposed to take care of each other. And there was nobody taking care of these Gentiles. So remember that. You're supposed to take care of fellow believers. Um, you know, it's, it's just because of love you do that. And I am sure that when I come unto you, verse 29, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. So he's looking forward to um, letting Rome know, the Roman Christians know, that he's going to come and he's going to tell them more about Jesus and things having to do with the good news. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together, you, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. So Paul is asking them, can you please pray for me? Because I'm going to Jerusalem, and Jerusalem wasn't a good place for Christians necessarily. And so Paul is saying, you know, can you pray for me that I can do God's work and what he wants me to do? Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ, pray for me. 31, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. So see, he's asking for help because of those circumcision in Judea. And that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. So, the second part that he's talking about is that he's he's bringing money that was collected uh, to the saints in Jerusalem, uh, the the Gentile saints, and um, and he's saying, uh, you know please say a prayer for me that they will accept it. The reason why Paul is saying that is because, guess what? This isn't the first time he brought money to Jerusalem. And the first time he did, he was bringing it to the apostles in Jerusalem who were there. And, uh, but they, were, they didn't have any money. Things were bad for them in Jerusalem because they weren't doing God's work, obviously. And um, the... Uh, tradition of men is that uh, Paul, when he went to Jerusalem with the money, and I think it was from the, from the Corinthians, um, that sent money to Jerusalem to the apostles so they'd have money so they could survive. Uh, when Paul went there the first time, uh, his money was rejected. They didn't want it. They didn't take his money, and that's why he puts this in here. Because uh, that time when he went to the, you know, I think it was James uh, or John or, you know, um, one of the, not um, the beloved John, but it was, um, you know, one of the other ones, uh, James or John or one of the other ones that was in control or whatever that rejected Paul's money. He said, we don't want your money. 
you know, so uh, that's why that's there. It's interesting how God shows us that sometimes, um, you know, even when you try to help someone, a brother, that they will turn on you and not accept your help. Sad news. Um, pride, you know. And, of course, that's why they, they weren't bothering with the Gentiles because of pride, because Jesus told them to go to the Gentiles, but they didn't listen to that. Um, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. So, you know, he doesn't want to go to Jerusalem, have a hard time with the Jews over there and with the believers and that they don't accept his money. And he has to try to force it on them and say, why won't you take it? And, you know, instead of, you know, have a good trip over there <laughs> where he doesn't have problems, where he just enjoys the fellowship with the fellow believers and that they accept his uh, generosity and the generosity from the fellow believers and so that he can you know, be, um, you know, not get upset because Paul was zealous and, you know, he probably get pretty mad <laughs> sometimes. And so he didn't want to let his flesh win. And so that's what he's talking about. So I can come to you refreshed and not be mad and thinking about why didn't they take the money and all that. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Be one with God. And that's a good prayer for us. And that completes chapter 15. Next time we'll pick it up in chapter 16. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.